friends, I'm Fiona Lewis. And I'm Gwen Crabb. And welcome to the Say It How It Is podcast. Connected by Vodafone. We are on a mission to bring taboo topics to light and change the narrative. Being vulnerable can be tough, but we're here to show you that even those at the top of their game, be that sports, coaching, business or medicine, go through the same struggles, problems and issues as you. But just a quick disclaimer, we are not professionals, just two rugby players sharing our own experiences and stories, having open and honest conversations with some amazing guests. If you are affected by any of the topics discussed in the podcast, please do contact a professional. And now, let's get into today's episode. Okay, welcome back to episode five. Um, I can't actually believe I'm saying welcome back to episode five, the fact that we are halfway through season one already it's actually crazy it I is think. like it was it was just a couple of months ago it was just a, a little conversation at a coffee shop and then all of a sudden yeah we've created this episode five with a, with a cool <laughs> shiny light in the background well done. Yeah, it looks cool. awesome <laughs> <laughs> so we've got an incredible guest today lauren davy welsh heptathlete and swansea med student thank, thank you, you so much for joining us thank you for having me i'm looking forward we're so excited to have you here today there's so many things we want to cover off with you First of all, you're a very, very busy girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we were just speaking uh, before we started recording that you have alarms set yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. Not because that's when you're asleep. <laughs> Chat us through that. How, how do you manage your life? You know, so many things going on. Oh my goodness. Where do I even start? <laughs> um, we haven't got long. <laughs> no, joking. Um, yeah, it's just organising. And I think... Everything starts with like a vision because I know why I do what I do. Everything just comes to me. Like I know all the elements of my life, like from the sports, from the medicine, there's a purpose and there's a vision. So it's just something I've always been used to. I've been busy from a young age, motivated from a young age. I've always been busy. So I've like implemented a lot of things, which we can go into if you'd like to. That was something we we're going to come on to is we like wanted to chat a little bit about like, have you always been sporty? We've always been busy and that that kind of yeah. answers that question so yeah what were you like when you were younger sort of you know what sports did you do when did you pick up athletics and then moving into heptathlon as well yeah so honestly I think I started walking at eight months and my parents were like she's crazy <laughs> and it hasn't really changed to be honest so I've always been so motivated and I've always loved sport like literally every single sport like obsessed and I think it came from my father and my brothers they'd always watch like rugby etc so I've always been like keen into like professional sport and then I've always enjoyed running swimming jumping throwing and obviously I still do that <laughs> but yeah in school I loved everything um competed in hockey netball the swimming galas like everything I was always out of class and it was like oh where's Lauren today and then yeah I did gymnastics um for Wales when I was young and then I left that because of like confidence issues and it was a bit too um I don't know. I said girly at the time, but it wasn't girly. It was like expressive and I couldn't be me. So I left and um, still enjoyed sport. And I obviously was just naturally quick. So I started sprinting and then they put me in the long jump and I was good at that. And then I did a bit of shot and I wasn't that good at that, but I enjoyed it. So I've just kind of just stayed in the sport and I've carried it on through. Yeah, that's it really. Nice. <laughs> Honestly, like I think we, we can resonate a lot with that because we're both pretty sporty growing up. Yeah. Where, at what point did you think, I actually don't want to do any other sport, I want to concentrate? And you haven't always done heptathlon, is that no, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So how did that 
sort of obviously you've touched upon being pretty good at different aspects of athletics how did that lead on to then sort of being like actually I want to give you know multi-event a go because they're they're pretty tough and, you know yeah like we cover off a lot of different stuff training for rugby but it's just for one game mm-hmm. how on earth do you even go about training so many different aspects mm, I actually don't have the answer to that um, <laughs> I actually just fell into athletics like I said I think I started sprinting through schools and then the school system you know if you're good you go to the next level and then I ended up competing for Wales when I was 13 and I think I was like one of the youngest ever athletes on the Welsh team and I think that just fueled like my motivation and I think at the time I struggled in school with like getting on with other girls, like in netball, people passing. Um, and I think athletics gave me that, like, it's just me and it's one line or, you know, it's just a score on the board. And like, I couldn't blame anyone else and I had to take accountability whether I did well or not. And that was something I just loved in athletics. But to be honest, I haven't really decided that it's just athletics for me. Like, I am open to trying some sports. Like, I spoke to you last year. I'd love to try rugby seven. Yes. I think it's yeah. very good at it. Uh, yeah, Pass exactly. The ball. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I think it's a lot harder than it looks. I think, like, um, my boyfriend laughs. He's like, oh, you know, you think you'd just be amazing at it, but actually you've, you've got to do other things and just run. So it'll humble me, I'm sure. But... If you're fast enough, then you actually don't have to do anything else other than yeah. catch you're and good. run. Oh, thanks. Yeah. There we go. There we go. do the rest. You're yeah. good. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say I exactly picked athletics. And then the heptathlon's quite a funny one. Like I said, I dip-dabbed around in a couple of events and competed for Wales. But I didn't actually think I'm going to commit to the heptathlon until about 2019. So I did my undergraduate at Swansea Uni and I kind of lost myself. Like I had bad mental health, lots going on with the family. So though I was always, like always been in shape, always been into it, I wasn't competitive and I didn't have like my vision, I'd say then. So in 2019, end of 2019, I found a coach who came to Wales, Finn Corcoran, and I was like, I want to do the heptathlon. So we started working together and then COVID hit, which is amazing. <laughs> mm. And I somehow just found my why and found that vision in COVID and I used it and we did a lot of things online and I just completely rebuilt my body and like like all the way from going to just the plank exercises like I couldn't believe I couldn't hold the plank for like more than two minutes I was like I still can't hold the plank <laughs> <laughs> but it, I identified did, did you say two weaknesses. minutes yeah. you to hold the plank Gee, come minutes. on you could do that I reckon I've yeah, seen you plank I've seen like you plank with a 20 kilo yes. with a 20 kilo plate on your back for 30 seconds yeah, so not two goddamn minutes take the plate off <laughs> And that means you could probably do it for around there. The plank's tough, sorry. The plank's always tough, no matter how many you do. Yeah, so but true. yeah, we went through core exercises and during that time, um, me and my coach did a lot of online work trying to inspire all of Wales to continue sport. And like we did a few online things and that's why I kind of found my love for like teaching as well, um, which is like another story. And I did really, really well in the heptathlon the year after, well enough that like the Commonwealth like development programme kind of highlighted myself on another heptathlete in Wales, Lauren Evans. And I PB'd in like every event and I felt so like powerful and like I found myself then. But so yes, yeah, so I've only been doing the heptathlon since 2019. And then we had like two or three years where the whole system has changed and there was no competitions. So I've only done three heptathlons still. So I'm still just so at the start of my career, but obviously there's a lot of barriers at the moment stopping me, but hopefully we'll get there. How I'm interested to find out what your training week would look like. Obviously, how would you split like preparing for those different yeah. different like events? And also then on top of that, being a med student too, how on earth do you 
how does like I can't even get my head around what your yeah. training week actually looks like god knows how early you get up in the morning I know not to be fair I actually am not a morning person especially in the winter like I don't yeah. think humans are meant to wake up before nope. the sun comes up preach that girl. I am absolutely preach. certain but um yeah training it's taken I'd say so I started athletics kind of on the whim like when I was 13 and now I'm 24 so it's taken about 10 years for me to actually find a training regime that works for me without overtraining, without kind of, you know, in the past I tried to gym like and do my like one rep max and then try and sprint after. You're not going to get the most of that sprint training. So it's taken me years to actually try and work out all the elements and a lot of coaches and a lot of like, you know, like I said, injuries, overtraining, etc. But at the moment, I think I went back to just simplifying it. And again, it comes back to like COVID, realising that, I just need to move my body in ways that mimics the event and I need to like stay strong and powerful. Like how can I do that without overcomplicating it? So we make sure that we gym like, so like three main gym sessions a week and another two accessories. So we make sure we hit like other parts that are not just like the, the compound movements. So I gym like five times a week and then we make sure we run three times a week. So one of the running sessions is like really short sprints, like 20, 30, 40 meters. And it feels like you're not doing much, but they're so like explosive and you've got to focus. And then another one, it's like more like longer sprints. And then um, a third session, which will be the longer endurance for the 800 meters, which everybody hates. <laughs> Actually, there's some freaky heptathletes that love it. They're like, oh my God, I can't wait. I'm I, like, what? Is I honestly doing? like... Even when I used to do athletics at the age of 15, if they were like, we've put you in for the 800 metres, and like, I'm also doing cry. a shot put and a sprint on the same day, I'm like, how can I possibly do... Like, yeah. <laughs> so to even think about an event that does that and like having to train so many different energy systems and like, ugh, just blows my mind, honestly. Yeah, it's nuts. I think it blows everyone's minds and I don't I don't think there is a coach or a heptathlete out there that's like, this is how you do it and this is right. Like, you'll talk to so many heptathletes and it all works differently for them all like some of the heptathletes are very good at javelin and the throws events and they might not be good at high jump you've got some girls then really good at high jump hurdles and then people like me like I struggle with the hurdles so Mm -hmm. we're all like good at different events but that's what I love about the heptathlon it's like we all come to that event we all support each other because we know how hard it is to one train for it and then compete and then we all have our like pros and cons and we're good at different things so it's a pretty cool environment I got put in hurdles when I was in school <laughs> because it like that's what I was about to say I was like I can remember being 90 and then we're like Fionn can you come to do hurdles I'm like I could try. I look at around. I'm like me. I'm like I'm like three foot. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like I could. And then I'm lining up on the starting line, looking at these girls who are like this big. <laughs> like I can barely get my leg over the flipping thing. Yeah. Again, it shows that people are good at different sports, aren't they? And they mm-hmm. find their way as they, as we get older, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I go quickly out of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you touched a little bit on barriers to your training yeah. and to progressing within the heptathlete. Can you touch on a few of those yeah. things like funding, that kind of thing? I've oh been God. yeah, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts that you've been on, reading a little bit of stuff. And yeah, funding seems to come up over and over again. So Huge, yeah. I'd say it's quite difficult discussing barriers without people being like, Oh, they're just like making excuses or like because I, I'm sure you guys feel the same, like when you know your own potential, like I'm not being deluded, like in my head I know what I can do and if I can achieve those then I'd be happy. And I just feel like I'm constantly fighting a battle of like, when am I going to actually show people that I'm capable of doing what I know I can do? 
And yeah, funding is just like only one of the issues. Like it's crazy. Like we are not paid for a sport at all. We have to pay. Um, there's like no funding at all in Wales. Like literally none. I think even this year now, I think they're only releasing the athletes that are going to get supported by Welsh Athletics this year. And there's no money in it. There's just a little bit physio and like I think a few testing days. Like it is so minimal that it is just absurd. And then the grassroots, there's like no funding. There's no, um, there's like no TV. There's no like exposure at all. So when you talk about when do you know athletics is for you, this is why I'm kind of looking elsewhere or like I'm just a bit confused at the moment because there's no pathway and there's no funding, there's no help. And then with the barriers comes a few other things. Like obviously I decided to do a medical degree, but when I applied for this medical degree, I was promised I'd get support and that hasn't happened. So I'm kind of like stuck right now trying to do a medical degree and train for sports that are di- in different cities, not getting funded to do my degree. So like I'm working literally nine to five. I'm doing nights on calls completely for free. And then I get a row if I leave like an hour early to try and do another job. And then obviously weekends I'm trying to compete. So like, for example, last year at Bucks, I was competing for um, my university and obviously I'm on scholarship at the uni, which has got better and I'll, I'll happily discuss that. Um, I had to pay for the weekend and I think my father worked out it was like 350 to 400 quid that I spent for that three-day competition competing for my university and then I got told off for missing a day of placement. Like, so I had to pay for it, I missed placement, like, it's just... Like you can say shit, shit. you can say shit so many ways. Like, <laughs> and I'm just constantly fighting at the moment, and um, it like, is really tough. How is that motivating to be like? If you're con- it's a constant battle, I suppose. Yeah. In your head, you're like, why is this even fucking worth it? Yeah, no, literally. And I think like it like all comes back to vision. If I did yeah. not know genuinely, in my heart that I am capable, and I did not believe in why I do it then hell, I would have finished a long time ago. Like I would have literally stuck my middle finger up at everyone and gone. But I just think you've got one life. Like even if I go through all of this and nothing comes from it and I don't achieve what I can, I can always, always say I tried my best. Mm. And then in the process, I'm trying to change things for others. So like with a medical school, um, I've put a lot of things in place now for sports performers. The sports scholarship is better because I literally told them it was rubbish before. So I'm just the motivation is like hopefully it'll be better for others in the future and potentially like women in sport and sport in Wales so yeah it all kind of comes together to why really the thing is when you be representing Wales they'd be the ones saying oh you know well, yeah. our own is is representing but then on the other side of things yep you're not supporting your own so exactly I think I have been very unsupported in the past and especially through my governing body and I think that's why I work so hard on my social media and my brand now because I don't see it as I'm under Welsh Athletics or I'm under Swansea Uni. Like, I'm me. I've got to say Swansea University have have taken on board information and within the last five years of being there, it's now better. But it's still taken them five years just to give me, like, physio support. It's crazy. I guess it can be hard, like, if you're seeing other athletes around you, potentially in England, for example, and you're seeing them progress and it's like, yes, things have moved on in five years, but also things are moving on twice as quick and then you don't want to get left behind. So it's like, it's just like constantly fighting a losing battle. So that must be really tough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like even going back now, so like when I started athletics when I was 13 and I just kind of enjoyed it for multiple reasons. I watched Jess Ennis like in 2012 and gold. 
and you look at her like trajectory going forward as an athlete and the opportunities that she had and the funding that was available that's all been taken away so this vision I had in like 2018 2019 when I was like right I can do this seriously like like I said even COVID I used it to my benefit I've been like as positive as I can everything's taken away like the the TV um, used to be able to just click on the athletics. Now you've got to red button it. Like no one's going to red button it. So like the only TV exposure we have like twice a year, like no one's even watching it. And then there's no funding at all. And it's all just getting wiped. Um, there's like European cups and competitions. Like we used to have like home countries and some um, like we'd have two or three opportunities to do a heptathlon for Wales or GB. They've all been taken away. Like literally somebody is like, like ripping my heart out like every single time and I'm like what the fuck is going on like give me a fucking break and then I'm a woman that gives um, us a lovely segue yeah. <laughs> you mentioned then that you said you had to use your social media to kind of like create your own brand like yeah. where how did that start for you to think okay I've got to start taking this to my own hands and then how do you start building that up to where it is now yeah, so it's actually kind of an accident and it kind of happened in a way I didn't want it to. So unfortunately, it was like initially like the bikini photos just popped off and that gave me followers. And obviously it upsets me that it had to be them. Like, why does it have to be them? Like all of the things I do with mental health, um, you know, like speaking at Parliament, all the things I do with teaching like kids at schools um, all across South Wales, all these other things I'm passionate about. Like, it's the bikini photos. Don't get me started on this. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I get discouraged to do it because it's like, you know, yeah. if if it's not how you want to be seen, you shouldn't be doing it. But it pushes me to do it more because I'm like, I shouldn't stop mm. doing something because I want to be perceived in a different way. And also, why should the way that someone else perceives you be the reason that you stop doing something exactly. that you want to do? Like, it's like, you're just putting up... <laughs> she's getting all... I get boiled. This get like me, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, like, you're putting out... Like, you work hard for your body... Like, you train really hard, you focus a lot on your nutrition. Exactly. And one, there's a lot more to you than just your body. It's like the way it performs, the things your body can do, the things your brain can do. You're just posting a picture of you on holiday. Why yeah. does everyone need to think, like, it's it's a them problem, not a you problem. Exactly. We literally seen um, articles of you written by the Sun yeah. and X, Y, and Z. Oh, and and all they're this. speaking about is you posting pictures in your bikini. Yeah, there's nothing else to it, is what, there? Why, it's so right where's because... the rule that said, you? one, you're not allowed to post bikini photos, yeah. two, if I had a body like yours, I'd go down and post bikini <laughs> photos, and three, where is it highlighting, like you said, you're a med student, like you're a head, where's all your successful mm. stuff? But all it's like defining is, oh my gosh, she's posting... In a blue bikini, she's yeah. posting in a red. Yeah, honestly, I was yeah. I was reading it and it was like, um, this month Lauren wore a red bikini, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? this month, was in Sweden this, in month, yes. Yes, yes, this month, Lauren passed her medical exams. That would be better. Like, why? I know. Lauren's and, and, inspiring the nation yeah. with everything she's doing. She's an advocate no for mental health. <laughs> yeah, advocate for mental health. Like, where's that in the goddamn article? And for me, it was hard because. I was reading it and I was actually like, on the sofa last night and I was actually seething. Yeah. And I was like, I can't even imagine how Lauren feels about this. Yeah. But I was reading through it and, and like they would drop in or the med student or the heptathlete and then it proceed to talk about the comments that were left like mm. this is fire call the fire brigade. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's pathetic. And oh I'm my just God. like, sorry, but 
there's no need like and also every single picture was just like from your instagram you're yeah. in Kenya, and i'm like fairly soon we could probably find some pictures of her competing at, at or her graduating or, yeah, or her or in parliament any, yes. or any of the above and yeah. it just like for me like what is the point in, in that article yeah what there's no context no there's there. no context whatsoever yeah but who writing that was like yes this is the one this is a great idea who i, the, I don't understand people's mindsets like what What's the purpose of that? I know. And, like, it's made me think a lot about, like, cyber security and, like, how I'm perceived. And I didn't realise I could even, like, write so much about you without even asking you. Yeah. And then if you look at them, it's all written by different people. So I'm like, how did it even start? And, like, why? Again, if there was a story to it and they were actually trying to say, you know, like, she's been on this podcast and she's spoken about this and then now she's, like, advocating for this and there's a bit of bikini, like, fair enough. But, like, yeah, like you said, all it's about is what it looked like. And I'm like, just get away from me. Stop. But we have to just keep fighting it, you know. Like, like you say, you get seized over it and anger about it. And I just I think you just got to use that, like, anger as fuel going forward and say, well, just keep watching me. Keep having a look at what colour bikini I wear <laughs> next month. Because I will be showing you that I'm going to exactly, be a different one. <laughs> exactly. And, like, my mum does say, like, maybe you shouldn't. And I'm like, I can see why, but... I just don't think that's the reason why I shouldn't. And I really do think there's a difference between my bikini post and maybe someone who's potentially, like, using it to be, like, seductive or sexual. Because I really don't think, like, what I post is, you know, provocative. Like, it's just me in a bikini. Yeah. Like, I'm not bent over or anything. Exactly. Like, calm right. down. Well, that was one of the captions, wasn't it? Showing off bum, bum or something. Yeah. I'm like, just, no, she's literally in, in she's a She's getting pool. into a pool. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, you're going to see the behind of her when she's yeah. getting into a pool. <laughs> Do you want to go in the other way next time? Yeah. God, I'm like, just cover my bombing, yeah. like. <laughs> like, do they want you to be dressed in, in like a skirt or like covering? Like, what what no. what do they want you to be like? A also, man stood, if this was a man, no, hang on, a man stood oh. <laughs> in trunks or you know budgie smuggler whatever. They don't comment on him being in his trunks. Exactly. Yeah. I think but, we should start writing uh, articles ourselves about men or something. Yeah, a blog based on all the men that are posting skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but sorry, honestly, I got very <laughs> no, straight on that. We, like we're laughing and joking about it, but on a serious note, when that when those articles came out, how did and I know obviously now you're I really like that you're using it as fuel and being like, well, fine, think what you want about me, but I'm going to prove to you yeah. why you should think differently. But how did that actually affect you mentally, and how did you even go about you know growing that mindset of right, I'll prove you wrong, kind of thing. Yeah, I think I'm still, like, in the process. And I wouldn't even say it stems from the articles because they're more recent. So I think it started, like, nearly two years ago when my Instagram initially just popped off from bikini photos. And I'd get, and I mean, hundreds of messages a day from men. Like, hundreds. And maybe out of 100, two would be, you look awesome, and I've also noticed you do this and that, and I'm going to follow you because you seem cool. Like, two out of, like, 100. The rest were, like, I wouldn't even, like, like you know say what some of them were and I actually really struggled and thought I know she's so intelligent smart funny I work so hard like I'm so determined in every way I do and all people do is just look at me and want either like a sexual or romantic interest in me and this doesn't even go from like the random men that follow me halfway across the world it literally goes from like the men our age around us like they just hover around you like a fly on shit hoping that you might like them and pretend to care about what you do and support you and like you know reply to my stories and check out my races and as soon as they're like oh 
I like you in a bit more of like a more than a friend way. And I go, oh, sorry, like that's that's not for me. I don't even hear from them again. And it's just like, is all that I am? So I think I've really struggled with it, trying to understand like the role of like women in this world and like the role of like me in this world because I just don't understand how I'm just like something to lock up or something to do something with. I'm just like, I'm literally, some of these men, I'm freaking stronger than them. I'm, like, I'm literally, <laughs> yes, fa- girl, I'm literally faster than you. Like one of, one of my exes, like we had a huge I argument. I love that. Yeah, you are. She's stronger than you, girl. <laughs> yeah. But like one of my exes, we had an argument, right? And he tried to sprint for me. I was like, this bitch. I was like, I literally sprinted after him. And he stopped. I was like, you're out of breath. I was like, I was like are you really trying to run away from me now? Like... <laughs> I love your confidence. (laughs) These men are bloody useless and they still think that you're just there for them. They think they got this right that they're entitled to. I was literally putting petrol in just now, literally in Tesco around the corner, and this guy in a van will... Shut Wolf up. whistled me. Yeah. I'm putting fucking petrol in. Oh my god. I'm, I, I'm not sure. The only skin I was showing because I had my coat on was my face. <laughs> you might as well have a bikini on, on them. You know, petrol. Yeah, 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 I got on the way in and I just thought, here we go. It does make yeah. you think mm-hmm. because, like, right, they're telling you don't wear a bikini, you know, put put your body away, whatever. Well, they'll do it when you're fully clothed with exactly. a coat on at Tesco. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, actually, when... I may as well wear a bikini. Oh exactly. my god. But, like, it's, you know, like, you posted a picture of your graduation, or like I say, like you said, you spoke in Parliament. Like I suppose if you stood outside Parliament in a bikini, you'd probably get a bit different response. Yeah, I should try that next yeah. time. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, if you just think you want me for my body, then yeah. I'm just going to play to oh, that. Then why God. not? But like I just think now it really makes me mad. Like for years, I've just grown this anger towards it because like I just find men are quite entitled. Sorry to be rude. No, yes. actually, no, I'm not sorry. Wait. Actually, I'm going to take that back. Um, even like to the point where I'd be walking on the street and I'd be like pulling my shorts down or pulling my t-shirt over my bum to make sure that like some man isn't being weird and staring. Like even when I was, I was in Union Cardiff, you'd have men on on the street corner like in little groups and you I turn around I can see them looking. Got to a point now I am so straight with it. I literally can stare them in the eyes. I'm like, what are you looking at? Yeah. I'm literally like, what the fuck are you looking at? Yeah. Stop looking at me. Like it's and it's. Crazy, like, what man would probably feel uncomfortable walking on the street at night or, like, walking down by yourself? As a female, like, you're instantly anxious because you think, he's he's going to stare at me yeah. or whatever. And it's frustrating because I have these conversations with men my age and some of them I'd call friends and they're like, oh, like, women are too dramatic or, like, oh, they make out as if we're like this and that, but we're not. And I'm like, it, they don't realise. Like, for example, um, I wear shorts under my leggings sometimes if I'm going to go training. And this guy that I was with once, he's a friend, um, I go and just take, put my leggings down and he starts shouting at me. And I'm like, look, i got shorts under, underneath and I haven't got time to go to the bathroom. And because I've got just shorts underneath, I'll be fine. And he tells me, oh my God, like my friends around, don't do that, it's rude. And I was like, what the heck? And literally less than five minutes later, he goes and pisses in a bush next to me. And I'm like, like, what? Like, can you not see? Like, he might not even mean it. He might not be trying to be offensive. But he doesn't understand, like, the bias that he has in his mind. Like, I wasn't allowed to just put my leggings down to reveal shorts underneath because it was indecent. But then he could piss in a bush. I'm just like, it, go- it goes down to these little things that don't, they don't, they seem minuscule, but these all add up. And it it does, like, impact how the world views you and it does impact then 
everything that we do and everything that we are going forward like it's frustrating i just think as soon as you call them out on it though oh their face change oh yeah like, you call them out on it and then they're like they, it's as if like the smoke just goes away and they're like oh i don't, I don't think they even realize it was you nothing one, to them one how they're coming across or mm. even that they would even do it to begin with yeah the amount of men i've called out what are you staring at and then they absolutely shit their pants because yeah. they're like oh I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm watching you stare at my ass. I think you guys guys might get this, but like, I think in general, a confident, like, outspoken male in society is generally loved. You know, like, you find any confident man is doing well in their sport or their field, doctors, etc. They can make jokes, you know, they can have really strong opinions. And everyone's like, oh, like, we love Dr. Blah, blah, blah. If you are an opinionated female or, like, or you have a loud voice, or you're passionate, like or confident, they, yeah, or confident. They don't like you, or they do use different terms. Like for example, they will say, "Oh, that doctor's really passionate about what he does," but she's opinionated. Mm. Like it's the words they use. It's like you can't be a force because like we're meant to be quiet. Like so many people, I think I'm a bit like Marmite. People either love or hate me, but like some people, she's Marmite too. I describe myself that on episode one. That's how I describe <laughs> there myself. We go, there we go, Marmite <laughs> girls. People literally hate me because they're like, oh, like. You know, there's always something to me, or like I'm just doing so much and I'm I'm too much. No, you just say it how it is. I've heard so many people <laughs> say that I'm too much, and I'm I, I used to get so upset about it. I was like, how am I too much? But like now, I've got to the point. I'm like, if I'm too much, you're not enough. Like, just mm. leave me alone. Like, that is brilliant. Like, go find that. If I'm too much, <laughs> you're not you're enough. Not you're not enough. enough. You're not wow. enough for me. Like, go. Like, I'm on a different level. Like, leave me be. Like, I'm I'm not nasty. So if there's a reason you don't like me, I don't know what you're that just is. not like, much of my energy. Yeah, yeah. I often think that the the reason that people feel that way towards people where they're like oh that's too much like you're outspoken it's just because they have some form of insecurity yeah. within themselves or like it's one of those things like when your your mum tells you you know you come home from school and they're like oh so-and-so's picking on me or they're just jealous and you're like no they're not why would they be jealous but actually in real grown-up life that's literally what it is yeah you get um, a bolt you get old and you realize that that is exactly <laughs> so it. true because now looking back at school i'm like oh it actually makes sense because i had a bit of driving ambition and mm. they didn't and that's why you know yeah and i think your circle should support you yeah and like especially like i seen a quote the other day but being like women should be supporting women and like 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 supporting the fact of them and being confident them being successful like we shouldn't be out to like bad mouth each other or like saying is it from jealousy or like is if we society like struggles to see someone else being successful mm, why the, can't we be happy for that and celebrate the it like tall you, poppy yeah. syndrome i think that's called the what oh tall wow pop, tall poppy syndrome i might be way off but i think that's what it's called like in a field of poppies they chop down the tall ones so that it doesn't look out of place yeah so it looks pretty for pictures but I think it also stems from men again. Like when you go back to like all the girls arguing at school or in uni, it's all to do with like how men perceive them. Like, for example, like, oh, so and so is just cocky or she's this, she's that. Because, and I think unfortunately it all does come down to how men perceive us and we need to just take that away. I think it's interesting in sport, really, and this is a conversation probably, this could go on forever, but like even how men are perceived compared to women i suppose even from the sense of like if we talk about rugby like oh you could go down the road and speak to anyone about the world cup that's just happened for the men yeah and then you could then ask okay well actually wales women also played on the weekend did you watch or did you did you yeah. see the score oh no women play rugby yeah exactly that's the difference mm-hmm. everyone will go and pay 100 odd 200 300 pound to go to this this principality to watch the men and then won't even pay a fiver to come and watch yeah. us. Like, what is the difference? The literal difference is that 
we're female and they're male. We were wearing exactly the same badge, like literally playing next door to each other. What's the difference? And yeah. it's that perception of male and female, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? And people don't even realise subconsciously how they actually, how like their opinion comes across, even how they say yeah, I, I could just go on forever. Yeah, this, so. I agree. And um, I did say, I said, oh, it's Wales v Canada and Canada winning. And someone was like, Wales already got been kicked out of the World Cup. I'm like, the fucking women. <laughs> I was like, Wales are playing right now. And yeah. yeah, it is really frustrating. And th- again, there's two ways of looking at it. Like, it has got a lot better. Like, you guys have, like, professional contracts now. And again, like, we shouldn't settle for them because they're still, like, they're pretty shit, aren't they? Um, but it's going in the right direction. Like, um I, I can't remember their names, but there's been three people account, uh, appointed for, like, head of, like, Welsh rugby now. It's, like, Jamie Roberts and two females. Two females, yes. yeah. Again, this is me showing, like, like, I don't even know, I can't even name them, which is terrible. But I saw the comments and they were like, what do they know about rugby? Oh, what's the point of putting her in? So, but then half the comments were like, oh, like, amazing trio. This is going to be positive. So, like, I do think in the last, like, at least five years, like, Welsh rugby, women's rugby has got better and then in general women's sport is like is getting better but it's so so far behind and I think one of the major issues we have is general society comparing us to males like we're not males in any way at all like biologically hormonally like psychologically at all so you can't compare a female rugby player to a male rugby player and it doesn't mean those female rugby players aren't playing amazing for their own physicality like you need to watch the game as a female game not be like, oh, they're not running as quick as so and so. It's not as physical as this and that. Yeah, because they're not like huge South African like men are like six foot nine like Evan Exper. <laughs> but like these, what these girls are doing are pretty cool. And like half these men couldn't do what you guys do. So again, it's just it goes into huge, huge, deep roots of society. And, uh, we have to change them. Yeah, and it's it's hard because it's one of those things where you're like. I'm really grateful for where we're at now and we are, but at the same time, that doesn't mean we should settle yeah, for, exactly. for just having that. Like, like you said, it's, it's a work in progress. It's gotten better, and but there's still a long way to go. And yeah, like it's, it, it's kind of a balancing act, isn't it? Because obviously we are very grateful, but again, it's like still having that want and desire and, and the knowledge that we deserve mm. more. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just proven that to, to everyone else, I guess. Yeah. And for some reason as well, I find that, um lately if I ever discuss like oh I haven't had physio support I haven't had this and that like obviously we're aware of like the wider problems in the world such as obviously the conflict Israel Palestine etc now people say well like you could be there or it could be worse no I'm aware of that and of course people have so much more worse than me but it doesn't mean that I can't be unhappy or want more support for myself like yes we need the wider context but People, I think, like, especially men, they use, like, these, you know, wider issues in the world and all people are worse off to kind of discredit females and female athletes and be like, oh, but, like, it could be worse. And I'm like, yes, it could be worse. And I'm grateful I have water, I have food, and, like, I take gratitude every day. And I think that's changed a lot in terms of how I deal with everything as well, like, just gratitude. Um, But just because things are worse doesn't mean like we can't complain about what we have you know and i think that's it where we've just got to be happy be grateful you oh, well it's got better now so that should be good enough for you well yeah. no because we always want to strive for more we always want to strive for, to be better and like we're in a performance environment so 
obviously we need to keep striving so why would we settle just the oh well it's got better than it's better than what it was so that's yeah. good and it should be good yeah. enough well and they use it to discredit us as well like just discredit how we feel and i'm like what like you can't use that it's just frustrating yeah it's tough it's it is tough isn't it female life eh? and yeah yeah <laughs> it is do you know if i could honestly say this every day and like my family and friends are like you are nuts and i'm like if i could just go back and be born a, a guy i would but like i yet you actually say on a podcast i would be a great guy I'd, oh my god i'd be amazing like i genuinely think god kept me as a female because he'd be like oh no 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 she'd be way too much like she'd change the whole world like she i cannot make her a man like she needs to be a female <laughs> Like, that's hilarious. At least, at least that's how I like. That's how I cope with it. What would you do for a day if you're a man? What would be the first thing you do? <laughs> without, without stating the obvious. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! What would I do? I think I'd need way more than a day. But if you did have a day, I have a question for you. Then, in your world of sport, how do you think your life would be different if you were a man? That is very good. I just think not even just world of sport. I just think like if you're yeah. We'll go world of sport, then we'll go world of med, and then we'll we'll cover the world of world. World of med is crazy. As an athlete, how would your life be different for you specifically? Yeah, if you were a man, I gotta say I wouldn't be doing athletics to start with. Like athletics is actually one of those ones where I think females and males are really fair. Mm -hmm. Nice, yeah, that's a great. So happy with answer, yeah. Yeah, and again, like I I won't complain about that because obviously we have our own races. We are compared to like I said, like when people watch like female rugby and they're like, oh, I don't watch girls play rugby because I can watch the men because they're comparing against men, but. If I long jump, no one's going, oh, that six metres 20 long jump is rubbish because I just watched a man jump eight metres. You know, because we are, I don't know why we are respected for what we can do. That's actually really interesting when you put it like that, because like there is obviously physical difference if you were to compare the best man and the best woman. Yeah. So, but... But again, athletics is celebrated as a male sport and a female sport. Yeah. So why are things like rugby, football, exactly. anything any different? That's actually a really good point. I think it's because in athletics, it's it's just always been, right, you have the female race, now you have the male, male race. race. yeah. And then it's just it's just power numbers game. Whereas, and so then like rugby is like being a male-dominated yeah. area. So they're like, oh, you're female like and newbies. Yeah. 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 Interesting. But yeah, you're getting there. Okay. What med school if you were a male doctor? Med school, oh my god. Well, first of all, people don't think I'm a doctor, they think I'm a nurse. And I'm not oh. saying like I love nurses. Like we could not I do just a actually didn't nurses. ask that question. I just said doctor, I didn't ask you, are you gonna be a nurse? She's smart enough and I'm like, yeah, she's a doctor, see? She's up at the top. <laughs> yeah, no, people just assume I'm a nurse because I'm I'm a girl. Or like even today now, even today, and it was actually funny enough, it was a female doctor that told me, um, I came in at half eight because it was said on my timetable to come in at half eight. Apparently they scrub in at eight AM, so I needed to be there before. And I said, Oh, I'll, I'll happily come in before and she was like, Oh, if you didn't do all that makeup you could and I was just like Stop female said that to me. Stop I was like it. I was like, We have such a long way to go here. <gasps> yeah. Like, so, how are we even meant to stand a chance when there's other women that yeah, are doing that? Like, exactly. So how how then do you even go about speaking to a like if a what? female doctor would say that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. And like, it's really frustrating because like. Oh my god. I, can't I actually sorry about a mind blown a second. The actual hell. We're like a real life mind blown emoji. But I want to say like in a way and like this. this How did really... you respond to that? Sorry. Oh, I didn't say anything because I was like, I literally don't care. Like I look good, so I don't care. You do, by the way. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. 
Could like, you? It's, um, Sorry, should I just be like, yeah, no worries. Like yeah. next time, you know. But like even like my first ever placement on medicine, um, I don't really, really like Lincoln roofless, like old man doctor from like Cambridge. And um, this lady came in with like a low BMI and she was bulimic and she was a dancer. And I said, I want to speak to her because I want to learn. And he was like, he was like, oh, your BMI is probably like 18 as well. You look underweight. And I was like, <gasps> I'm sorry. And then, oh my goodness. So I was on placement with a male counterpart. So he was in year one. So we were both year one. We're both just as unqualified or qualified, uh, you know, as each other. And um, we were on nursing week because they're trying to get doctors to understand what nurses do. And I love that. And I really enjoyed that week. And it was a lot of like caring for people and stuff. And um, I spent about three or four days with the same three or four women and I was caring for them. But they were, they had like hip fractures and they were like in delirium. They didn't really know who anyone was. And they always, always would say, oh, doctor, to my the guy that was on placement with me and then nurse for me. And every single day I'd say, like, we're both medical students. We're both training to be doctors. And every day I'd be like, nurse, doctor. And I was just like, and he'd look at me and he, he, would, he would never, ever, um, he'd never correct them. I would. It comes back to stereotypes, doesn't it? Yeah, like, and I know I know that there's no malicious intent with those, it's those just women. Frustrating. Yeah, it's just like, you know, when is it going to change? But um yeah, I think I would say the medical world is where I feel actually most like, oh my gosh, I am a woman and I'm being compared differently. Um, and then in some ways, it's like like doctors give me their numbers on like my sign-in sheets. They, but then other times they sign me off for everything and I haven't done anything. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to do that, to be honest. And I, I do discourage it because, you know, the sign-offs are there because you show competencies. And I yeah. really think on that, like I want to, one, I want to get the experience and I want to do it properly. But yeah, so this. So they're also like giving you like the other side of it to be like, oh, she's really pretty. I'm yeah, she's off. pretty. I'm going to give her my number and like she can text oh, me if she God. wants any sign off done. And I'm just like, I'm like, thanks, but I don't like that. It's because of, again, what I look like. Like not yeah, because of oh, she's. Be because I actually just smashed yeah, that. You know? Like yeah. I do. Like, I, like every time I'm on that ward, like I think that's the good thing about me as a medical student. Like I'm not as academic because I haven't got time to sit down and just study three hours a day and like learn all these terms. Like I'm good at applying it clinically. And I think that's what matters as a doctor. So I'm kind of looking forward now going into my later years and qualifying because I know that is what I'm good at. But yeah, the focus isn't on that. It's focused on, yeah, what you look like sometimes. Funny how it comes back to the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, let's go on to something other, something cooler. So I've seen <laughs> a poster that you've been to Parliament speaking yeah. about mental health. Do you want to give a bit of insight on that? Yeah. Hopefully there's not going to be any body shaming or any <laughs> weird men in this topic of conversation. No, I but... say it was all positive. Okay, yeah, cool. that's good. That's good. For <laughs> change, yeah. But I think that's class. Yeah, so, yeah, I was really, really grateful. So just been working with Sporting Wellness. They're like, uh, there's still quite a new mental health charity um, offering like 24-7 support um, for anyone in sport, um, which is really, really good. And they're expanding their services. So um, I think they came to me like maybe a year ago now and they were like, oh, we've seen that you've mentioned mental health because like my family have struggled with mental health. Um, so I've posted it quite a lot. And I said, of course, like I'll help you. So I've done a few videos with them and yeah, the government wanted to collab with us. So we did a couple of videos about like loneliness and mental health in young people at uni. And then, yeah, they just said, you want to come to a roundtable event? And um, basically it was like me and like maybe another 20 to 30 young people from other representatives and ambassadors from other charities all talking about implementing like things that we can do to improve loneliness in young people because 
everyone thinks only old people get lonely um and mental health is still like a, like a taboo subject at university um so that was really good and the minister was awesome and uh yeah i that was all a positive experience and i'm really grateful and i'd love to to have more opportunities to speak um about politics because i'm really passionate about it so yeah it was awesome yeah it sounds like it's like pretty surreal experience that i can imagine yeah. like something that you're really passionate about clearly and you've got experience with to being able to go to someone like parliament and actually voice that yeah it's pretty powerful it's a it's a tough like topic of conversation like you mentioned but how what were your experiences in terms of mental health um going through university obviously like it's not you know it's, it's quite widely known that if you're a really busy kind of person like where do you manage your emotions your mental health around that yeah. because it's not the easiest thing to do in the world i myself like get really really busy and i'm like yeah this is amazing this is amazing and then three weeks later i'm like at the bottom of a pit in burnout mm. because i haven't prioritized myself and that can be hard yeah so yeah yeah i think i i've never like i never used to struggle with my mental health like i've always been really strong and to be honest i would say like when i like in my teens I always thought people that spoke about mental health were soft. So that's me being, like, really vulnerable here and saying, like, I probably judged mental health or, like, I... I don't know. I was just, like, so, like, oh, my God, like, I'm fine. Like, it's literally fine. Just, like, get on with it. And I think lots of things happened with family growing up and things like that. And I I dealt with everything so well. And, like, I've, like all of my family, like, Lauren's so strong. Like, my parents, like, we never have to worry about her. So when I did start struggling with my mental health and that started kind of end of lockdown with like like eating disorder kind of type stuff and I still haven't seen anyone for it because I don't think it ever got like clinically bad but I kind of realized like oh like there are certain things I'm thinking about with food etc is not right and then I've dealt with chronic pain so I had the COVID vaccine and I was really ill from it and ever since I've been in pain and I'm still in pain like sat here today like I'm in pain so on top of everything we've discussed today I am constantly in pain and people don't understand why or how I've had like six seven MRIs I've had like 16 blood tests they are still trying to find out like what it is and we think it's like some like post-viral um like inflammatory condition and I think hopefully I'm starting steroids soon um and hopefully they'll work but um yeah I think my mental health kind of got bad when I started being in pain and for a while I was like, oh, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And like, I still am. Like, I, I think I deal with it and I manage it really well. But I think it's about accepting when you're not okay and talking about it. And I think that's when I started really being passionate about mental health and now talking about it and helping others because I know how lonely it can be and confusing. Like even today, I can't tell you whether I have good or bad mental health. Like I haven't got a clue. I just know that sometimes I could be better. So, yeah, it's tough. Going back to your chronic pain, like, what, is it all over your body? Is it in certain places? Like, what? Yeah, so it's, like, yeah, systemic. So, in general, like, it's, like, widespread, but it's, like, mostly in my hips. So, I've got really weak hip flexion. So, that's hugely impacted, like, my squats. And then, like I said, the hurdles. I've never been, like, a really quick hurdler. But, like, I did make, like, British semifinals once in the hurdles. So, I'm not, like, I'm not bad. But because of this, like, hip weakness, I can't bring my trail leg round. And trying to explain to people, like, like my hips aren't working. Like, why are my hips not working? Like, so it's not just the pain. It's, like, the weakness and, like, knowing I'm ill and seeing doctors about being ill. And the first doctor I went to, she was a GP. She barely listened to me because, like, she just looked at me and she was like, you're fine. 
And I'm like, I'm not fine. Like, I know I'm not it's fine. Not like, I know, yeah, I know I look healthy. Um, but like my one rep max for squat was 130. I'm doing five for 90 now, but it's taken me two years. And like, there's still something wrong with me. And I think that has just taken a huge, huge toll, like a big chunk of my mental health. Cause I'm just like, I do not understand. Especially if a lot of your identity is based on you as an athlete exactly. and you performing in the heptathlete, like in the heptathlon, in the yeah. gym like feeling healthy because that's that's something in itself you know if if you constantly feel not right that's not easy yeah yeah and like I was a whole second down on my hurdles last year even though I trained probably more and I'm in pain every time I train and then obviously I've got to drive from Swansea up to Cardiff which is what I've done today to train so I've sat in the car for an hour I'm in pain I try and have hot baths. I've tried to take like painkillers. I've tried so many things and yet my body's still not at its peak and I'm still not where I know I can be. It's just like, I just don't even know like where I am. And then that's on top of like the funding and the lack of opportunities. Like we're now even being told like the Commonwealth Games and um, there might not be the heptathlon. And even if there is, we can't guarantee if you get the standard you go. So then there was the motivation of, okay, I'm going to score this many points and I'm going to go to the Commonwealth Games in Australia. Like, I don't even know if that, that can happen now. So, like... Why? What? So why have they said that? Like, but funding, opportunities. It comes down back, back down to support, really, doesn't it? Yeah. And I suppose like, another barrier for you is if you're struggling with support, then if you're in pain and you're not getting as much physio or, like, real one-to-one treatment, then how that's obviously going to be something that's going to limit you as well. Yeah, so I just feel like at the moment I have, like, a million things going on and, like... I open up to my parents and they're like, you have, you're like, you need to stop being a victim. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm not like, like, can you, you not don't strike see? me as a victim? I'm no, gonna literally, be I'm like, I'm not being funny. I have like dealt with this for like years and I stay positive and I work by God so hard. And I'm still just like, this doesn't make any sense. And it's so unfair. And it's it even, as if like you're con- constantly battling against everybody else yeah. rather than being like, can't someone just have my back? Yeah, like it's not fair. It's almost like the girls are starting like the race like 400 metres in front of me and it's only a 500 metre race. Like, you know, and like I won't name them, but like they'll know if they listen to this because we've discussed it. Like the girls I train with, like their parents live near, like one of the girls lives like down the road from the track and like she still lives with the parents. So she's been saving money for years. Um, at Cardiff Met she got given five grand for the year I was given 500 pounds and then that's not even going to cover one weekend that you've got to compete for the university exactly (laughs) exactly and it's just sometimes I just sit and I just feel like it's just so unfair and I don't understand and like I think in the last like six months and like everyone will laugh at me like I'm I'm like I almost like feel like I'm like looking up to a, a higher power at this point and being like is there a reason this is so hard for me like, am I destined for something, like, genuinely so big and I cannot see it right now? Because otherwise, like, I don't know what I'm doing all this for. And, like, why is, like, like out of everyone that's being in pain, why was it me? Like, like, my dad has driven all the way up to Cardiff and back for years and years and years. And I've had that support. And I've not had, like, the right support systems going through, like, anything. Why am I the one in pain? Like, when I want, like, I support everyone. Like, you guys, I support, like, you know, the male rugby players. I have loads of friends in different sports, and I'm always, like, rooting for everyone, and I want the best for everyone. I even want the best for the girls I compete against. Like, why do I deserve this pain? Like, I'm literally, like, I don't get it. That takes a huge toll on on your mental health in itself. Exactly. Because you're like, I want to, I want to be positive. I want to think positively about this, but, like, how? Because yeah. there's only so many times you can take a blow 
and a knockback before you're like, okay, like it's like that get knocked down seven, get up eight. But yeah. like realistically, if you've been knocked down seven times, it's, it's actually really quite hard to get up the yeah, eight. Yeah, and steps. it gets harder. And like people don't realize how many things. It's like even last year, there was a Welsh Athletics training camp and we were initially invited to it. And then they told us last minute, no, you're not invited to it, but you can come with us, but you just have to pay. So me and this other girl, we just paid on the side. And then when we got there, we found out the track was three, two to three kilometres away. And then we had to walk it every day. The others got into the taxi. So we'd all train together. We'd all do a really tough running session. And the girls be like, yeah, we're going in the taxi now. Bye. See you at the hotel. And me and this other girl are walking like two, three kilometres. And then um, the airport was like an hour or so away and we had to get a taxi. I asked Roger Fletcher, can I just join into your taxi so I don't have to pay for my own? I had to pay 80 quid for a taxi on my own while everybody else got chauffeured to the airport. So, like, it comes down to, like, all, like, like all these little things. I'm just like, why is it always me? Like, and it's yeah. kind of like a joke in our group now. Like, it's always you lot. And I'm like, and I'm still trying to compete with you guys. Yeah. I just, just think nuts. that, I think the resilience, you just build so much resilience around it. Like, this year for me, oh my God, I'm, I'm about to have my third operation tomorrow. Bless you. And like, oh my gosh. And everyone says to you, oh, you're so strong. How do you, I don't know, you do it, rah, rah. And you, I think it doesn't phase you. I think yeah. you're really busy and you've always just been really like... Headstrong. Yeah, headstrong, quite independent. Mm. You just get on with it really, don't you? But I think it does get to a point which, again, you're similar to what you've said. I'm getting to a point now where I'm like... Alright, this is saying the fucking piss. Yeah. There's a thing in the piss. Who hates me up there? Yeah, yeah. I literally said that. I said, who up there hates me? I'm because literally like, God, Christ. please yeah. give me something. And, and, like, and, you know, like, you're both the kind of people, it's not like you're not trying your absolute hardest. I'm at not a sloth. <laughs> like, I mean, I can be, but I mean, like, I feel like I also work really hard. Yeah. Like, I, try, I care about everyone. I'm like, you know, why? Yeah, <laughs> like, give I, me a break. Like, I genuinely feel like I'm such a good person with a good heart that I'm just like, like, what have I even done to deserve this? And I just think, let yourself feel like that. And then it's just hard though, isn't it? Up, it's yeah. hard. Like, one thing I've now, well, like you, Gwen, <laughs> it's like when this third operation came around, I was like, for God's sake. Mm. <laughs> Gwen was like, it's okay. I was like, oh, I don't want to, be a, oh, I don't want to come across as a victim or mourning or being a sap. And Gwen's like, it's all right. This, this is worthy yeah. of sadness. <laughs> for like, me, if you have you the, the reassurance, <laughs> if you have the awareness that you don't want to sound like a victim, then you're not a victim. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really big thing because the issue with the victim mentality is that people who are unaware of the of the words that they are using and the way that they go on about things, mm. they are the ones with the victim mentality. But that's if you're rare there going, as well. It is, and and do you know. Like, if you're sitting there being like, oh, I really don't want to complain, I'm trying to be positive, but things are really hard. You're aware of that. Yeah. And that's half the battle, yeah. I think. And I think, like, we can take, like, this going forward. Like, if somebody comes to you and they're, they're complaining about their situation, you you might not understand. Like, if you go to a sport, like, a non-sports person and they don't understand you, I think everyone just needs to be kinder and more compassionate and realise that this might not be something that would phase you. It's clearly frustrating the, the person on that end. And I think... We need to be open about talking about this. Like I said, like I've had so much happen to me. Like I'm well within my right to complain sometimes because I'm still going on and carrying on. So, but half the time you probably don't complain. That's the difference. Yeah. So, like I think reality at the moment, you'll have someone that complains about the the, you know, the minimal thing it, to someone that's going through something fifty thousand times worse, yeah. and you always find that the person that's going through the most isn't the one that's complaining. Mm, yeah. I've got one question before we finish off on our little tradition. I've got one too. Oh, <laughs> all right then. Um, so 
I just want to know what does we've touched on the word confidence quite a few times. What does the word confidence actually mean to you, and how does that feel to you? Crikey! <laughs> oh, you can take your time. I think confidence isn't like on the surface. I think it's genuinely believing in what you believe in. Like you guys know, I'm like huge on like my veganism and plant based stuff, and I know that like ninety percent of people don't understand. So it's having the confidence in like this is what I believe in, and this is why I think you know this is right, and then also having the confidence of it's okay if other people don't think like this or don't understand me. So it's having those confidence in your genuine inner values. And then confidence as well. Like I said, like when I was in school, I was always like, I know I can be a good athlete. So regardless of everything else around you, like that confidence doesn't go. Like motivation might change, vision might change, but that inner confidence, like I, I've always said, like I feel like I have this like burning fire in me and it does not change no matter what happens no matter like what is in my way if I'm injured if I've got bad mental health like I've got this fire in me because I'm genuinely so like confident inside on like who I am and that I'm gonna make it in whatever you know whatever way like even if I don't make it as an athlete like I'll be a doctor if I don't want to be a doctor I'll find some other passion that I enjoy so I have like yeah genuine confidence is like deep within on like who you are and like what you believe in I think that's pretty no, much. Session of standing outside. But honestly, Ooh, very every, long winded. Sorry, no, everything you were class. saying, I was, it was like, class. Tick, in my head, I was like, tick. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, but I think it comes down to self belief, though, because yeah, I think I've definitely belief. gone through phases where I'm like, people don't root for you, they don't believe in you, you're not going to make it, all this other crap. Mm-hmm. Like you get knocked down. The like the most important person is you. If you yeah. believe in yourself and you believe that you're going to go somewhere, it's all that matters. Because yeah. when you look back in like four or five years, you're going to be like, "Well, I got there because of me." Yeah, exactly. So I think that's um, yeah, that's yeah. I've, de- I've definitely questioned it, and like you know, like I said, like my hurdles time was like a whole second last year, and there were a few girls that I, like um, a few years younger than me, and even they had better times than me last year, and I was just like, I understand if anybody looking on the surface is like oh she's not as good as like she says she is or like or maybe you know she's you know she's not gonna make it but like no matter what I've been through I've always I'm still sat here like I know what I can do and I think because I have that I'm still up here today and I'm still gonna train later um my final question before we do our ending is what would you like to see change in the next few years (laughs) god everything (laughs) um Ay ay ay! In sport or in life? Anything? Yeah, sport, med school, all of the above. If you could see your three yourself, what do you want to see? Myself? Oh my goodness! I think in general, I want everyone to be kinder to everyone, like regardless of sport, like extracurricular activities, careers. Like if everyone was just nicer, everyone would be happier, everyone would be more confident, everyone would be more outspoken, and change would happen. For myself, in Three years. Obviously, I want to go commies in 2026. So that's that my goal. Sick. That's my goal right now. And I meant to qualify in 2025 as a doctor. So that's my short-term goal. If I can qualify as a doctor in 2025 and then compete in the commies in 2026, I'm then hoping I can just have a few years of full focus, athletics, or whatever sport I accidentally fall into. Rugby. <laughs> Maybe. Um, up until, you know my early mid-30s and I decide not to do it and then I can go back as a doctor I want to be a sports doctor so sorry that's pretty damn epic even if one of them is class but to do the both that's pretty fucking cool if you ask me we'll keep trying (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I can't wait to watch you do both. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So we've got a closing tradition where our previous guest leaves a guest, uh, leaves a guest, leaves a question for the next guest. Ah. So the question that there's two, two questions. Okay, okay. So part one, part two. Part one, what one thing in the world could you not live without? My dogs. Oh, great yes. answer. And one of them's really old right now oh. and I'm trying to prepare. But yeah, my dogs are just light in my life. If I'm ever upset, I just, I love them. And I think they're the stem to like all of this plant-based like belief I have. Like I just love animals because I see them and like they feel well nearly everything that I do. So yeah, what my dogs. Do what an epic answer. Yeah. Um, one of them is a Vimarana. I had her when I was nine years old. So it's been a long time. She's literally lived everything Thrived with me. Out. And um, the other one is a bit of a mutt. <laughs> she's crazy. She's um like half bulldog, half sharpie, but she's got a hell of a personality. Like it's just... That's a mix. Yeah, they're just they're nuts. I love it. So. Okay, last last question. What What is your top tier biscuit? <laughs> Good question, You'd be surprised how many biscuits are vegan, mind. Um, yeah, I did think Biscoff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you've just said it. She said it oh, for you. Biscoff. Sorry, sorry. I nothing's thought, better I did than say that. that. I, I just, like, I, when said, you, I was like, she's going to ruin it. I, she's going to say the answer. Sorry, that is literally story of my life. <laughs> it isn't is. It? Um, but I was like, I bet you should say biscoff. Yeah, biscoff. But like the spreads even better. <gasps> what is what biscuits it. are vegan? Literally bourbons, party rings, digestive, especially the dark chocolate. Although I think they've just changed it to add some whey in. But you'd be surprised, like nearly half of the biscuits are vegan. So it's pretty good. I knew, that, I knew that from my Not good for my days. diet. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, balance. Yeah. Balance is key. Exactly. Is key. Um, well, thank you so, so much. Nice. Really, really enjoyed this episode. It's been really good. And I wish you all the luck with... Definitely graduating as a doctor, and then can't wait to watch you. You're definitely going to make the Commonwealth. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I am genuinely mad. Like, I don't even think in my head I'm go- like I might like. Oh, I'm it's going. like you are going. Yeah, we yeah, will be supporting you. you all the way. But thank oh, you so thank you so too. much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. Please like, follow and subscribe to make sure you stay up to date and say it how it is. And don't forget to share these conversations with the people you think it may help the most. You'll find all of ours and our guest social media handles linked in the show notes below. We can't wait to see you all next week. And remember, keep saying it how it is.